Hey everyone, welcome to episode 17. Uh, it's good to be back and this week I'm bringing you something a little bit different. This is actually an interview that I had with a gal by the name of Michelle Marsh. She's an Aussie and uh, she is the host of the Purpose Balance and Burnout podcast and she's got a Facebook page of the same name and you can reach her at uh, Happy Me Michelle on Instagram. Anyway, she and I are very aligned. She reached out to me two weeks ago uh, to have a conversation around something that we're both very passionate about, obviously burnout. And we had a great discussion about the signs of burnout when we knew that it was burnout and not anxiety or depression and what we did to bring ourselves from that that position of feeling just completely fried to uh, a much better place and what you know we see best self as uh, most importantly uh, as a growth and evolution and something that you perhaps never actually reach but uh, overall it was an amazing conversation Michelle is an awesome human being and so smart and I, I just I was amazed most of all that our experiences were so similar and I believe that if you are feeling burnt out, that you are going to resonate with this conversation uh, and want to dig in more. So anyway, once again, um, this is Michelle Marsh and uh, her podcast is uh, Purpose, Balance and Burnout. So go visit her at Happy Me Michelle at Instagram. Uh, after the show, if you want more inf- info, I'm not going to do an outro on this. I'm just going to go straight into the podcast. So would love your feedback. Do definitely come back and visit me at uh, Instagram as well. As you know, my Instagram handle is now underscore the fit habit. And I will see you guys on the gram. Enjoy the conversation. Hey Karen, welcome. I am super, super excited to have you here today. Um, I know we were just chatting, so I was just saying that um, you were like my sister on the other side of the world with our stories are so similar. So it's really, really exciting to have you on. Thank you for coming. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation. I'm so glad we have a shared passion around health and burnout and getting from one place to the other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the interesting thing. I think when I, um, so it was only a couple of weeks ago that I found your podcast and I thought, oh yeah, I'll listen to, to an episode because it sounded interesting. And I was cleaning the house in the morning and I did about four hours of cleaning and binge listen to episode after episode because I just found it so interesting. So much resonated with me and and I thought I have to talk to you and and share what you're saying because I feel like you say you have a similar message to mine, but you say it in different words. And sometimes that means it resonates better with people. So I thought this is a wonderful opportunity to to share information that's really, really important. 
Yes, but, I'm happy to talk about it. But by the way, first of all, kudos to you for four hours of cleaning. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't talk about the months of cleaning I'd avoided before then. It was pretty bad. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> there, was, there was a lot of decluttering needing to be done. My husband was like, wow, I have not seen the house like this for a while. <laughs> It just cleaning's never a priority that's up there for me. <laughs> I hear you. Anyways, Likewise. Anyways, all, all I've done is, um, I know you guys listening can are only hearing right now. We've got video on for each other so we can see each other. And I have this nice clean table behind me for Karen to see. But what she can't say is all the stuff that I literally <laughs> threw onto the floor. <laughs> that I look tidy oh dear all righty so I would love to know who Karen McGill is let's start there who are you and what's what's important to you oh my god that's a that's a loaded question so I was I born know, in, right? in Canada <laughs> um, who am I uh you know it's funny I think that what's on my heart right now is life in general um phases of life. So I'm actually going to be turning 50 next year, which is like a huge milestone. And in this moment in life, I'm, I'm sort of at this pinnacle where it's like, I'm looking at everything that's kind of been in my past and in my history and how that's shaped who I am. But also really thinking about as I move, so it'll be like next May when I turn 50. When I move into my 50th year, who am I going to be? Who am I going to bring with me in terms of, you know, my, my personal identity and what areas of my life do I want to leave behind? Cause I just feel like I want to step into my fifties with, um, an elevated sense of identity so that I can really continue to focus on what I'm passionate about because it's taken me years to figure that out, <laughs> literally years. So, um, I, I'm a bit of an esoteric thinker from that perspective. Boy, what else am I? I'm, you know, I value health. I value, and when I say health, I don't just mean, you know, um, physical well-being, but mental well-being, yeah. spiritual and emotional well-being, because I feel like all of that is what encompasses health. Um, and I'm an unlikely advocate for that because I was a very unhealthy person, um, especially as a child. I grew up in a very unhealthy environment. So um, I'm not somebody who has always been a health advocate. Um, which I hope makes makes my messages resonate with folks that aren't are, are in a similar path. Yeah, yeah, that's that's huge, isn't it? Because I think you know we we grow up in these um, homes, and you know psychologically, it's so easy just to continue the pattern, and it's really really hard to break that pattern. So I think when other people see somebody change things up and and disrupt that pattern and create something new and intentional it's it's super inspiring and it, and it gives you that moment of oh I can do that too if she can do it I can do it you know and it's that's such a such a special thing so let's talk about that a little bit more um, what firstly I'm going to ask you what was unhealthy because I've realized that everybody has kind of a different definition of healthy versus unhealthy so give us a, a kind of an idea of well firstly yeah before what age were you when you started your health journey but before that what did unhealthy actually look like for you mm. well you know it's funny when we talk about health journeys and I use that language as well when I'm, I'm talking to my readers or the, my listeners 
But really when I was on my health journey, I had no idea it was no journey, right? Like it started very (laughs) early in life. So unhealthy for me, like from the age of, I mean, I was from the age of about 10 to let's say 22, 23, I was um, from high school and through to, um, you know, just like my first early career, which when I say career, I'm using that very generously because it's not like I had a profession at that time. I was extremely overweight, I was about a 210 pounds. And for, you know, just for contrast, I, I, I'm usually around 135 now. So okay. about 80-ish pounds uh, heavier. I had a really unhealthy lifestyle. Uh, I was a heavy smoker. My father was a heavy smoker who died of lung cancer at the age of 44. So that's why I wow. say I was brought up in this environment where, you know, my father was a heavy smoker, a heavy drinker, had a lot of, I think, emotional um, it, it, emotional struggles that because mental health was never um, something that we talked about back then, um, especially in an Irish Catholic family, you just don't talk about any of that stuff. (laughs) So I think he had a lot of internal struggles that, that led him down a really unhealthy path. So that was what I was modeled as an early, you know, in my early years. And my mom was not a heavy drinker or smoker, but had a lot of anxiety because of my father's behavior. So uh, you know, that early childhood piece, I didn't have a great idea of, you know, what health looked like or, um, you know, healthy eating. You know, I, I lived on processed food because I was a latchkey kid. I don't know if that's a, a term that you're familiar with. No, you know? no, it's not here in Australia. Tell us what that means. Oh, it just means latchkey means that, you know, both of your parents work. So um, oh, you'd come okay. home from school and you'd have a latchkey to so be able to get into the house by yourself. Um, oh, so, that was me. I'm a latchkey kid. <laughs> there you go. Um, so you, you learn how to kind of feed yourself with, you know, yeah. white bread and bologna sandwiches. And yeah. that, that evolved into me being well over 200 pounds. And um, I think it was at that point, it was at that point when I was about 22 and I didn't want to be that person anymore. I, I didn't yeah. want to, I was also a bartender and, um, I was in like this roadhouse bar where I was just spending time with sort of like the dreads of society. So I got to a point where I was like, wow, I, I really need to turn this bus around or it's never going to, it's never going to be good for me. Um, so I made a, a decision and with no like healthy role models in my life and no support in that direction, I, God, thinking about it, it's, it's probably one of the most amazing things I've done that I've been able to change my own behavior I lost a lot of weight, um, took many more years before I quit smoking. But, you know, I just got out of that lifestyle that was so horrible. I started working out. So from the age of 22, I've always embraced fitness, even though it was never an easy thing for me to do. And now it's just, it's part and parcel of my day. It's like breathing. Um, But it wasn't like that, you know? So it's funny. You don't even think about how, uh, how hard that transition must have been until you look back at it. But yeah, that was my journey. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. When you look back at it, it's like, you want to pat yourself on the back and say, go me. Like that, that was actually quite incredible. But at the time, I guess you just do what you need to do, which brings me to, to my question. Um, when, before you changed things around or around the time before you kind of made that decision and started, you know, your fitness journey, did you know what was possible? And I asked that question because I always think back to before I 
kind of started changing things up in my life. And, and I was very, very much the same. You know, I fed myself coming home from school. I, I was very overweight as, as a teenager and, and then it just got worse. And then I decided to change. But before I felt healthy, I really didn't know what that feeling was. And for me, it came down to energy and, and I didn't know how good I could feel. And so my normal of unhealthy was felt normal. Does that make sense? Like, and oh, so I sure. don't know. It's, it's interesting when you think, okay, so what actually made you change then if you don't really know the possibilities? You know, that's so interesting because I felt like crap all the time. Like I lived on white bread and processed cheese. <laughs> you can imagine <laughs> like how my digestive system reacted to that. Oh. And, you know, and that's just one, like I said, that's one layer of health nutrition. Yes. And I was also just constantly sitting. I, I, I was you know, allergic to physical activity. I was the always <laughs> the last one to get picked for any sort of team sport, which I, I hate that teachers make students pick their own teams because yes, it's mortifying gross. when you're not picked. Um, so I had no idea what health looked like. And it wasn't until I looked like or felt like, and it wasn't until I sort of made that, those small incremental steps. And again, I didn't realize I was on the journey when I was on it, but as I started to feel better, I was motivated you know, not just from a, an energy perspective, but that's definitely true, but yeah. also from a, a faith in myself, belief in myself, confidence. And that's yeah. also a difficult road because especially when you're younger, but even as, you're, as you age, when you make big significant transformations in your, in your life, some people look at it and think, think that's just so inspiring. I would love to do it too. And yeah. some people, some people that you're really close to don't like it, right? Because oh, yes. You're shining a light on them. So it can also be a very lonely period where I knew I needed to find better influences in my life because again, I was working at a roadhouse bar. My, my friends were not the, they're kind of roughhouse characters. So I needed to make these changes in my own life. So I had to go through like a period of not transitioning just my health, but the way I thought about myself and the people I surrounded myself with and what was actually possible for myself. And this is back before the age of the internet. So I, I didn't have what I like to call expanders and expanders are to me people that can show you what was possible, which is why yeah. I love like Instagram. Cause I can look at somebody who's like 55 and 60 and, and looks fantastic and feels fantastic and takes care of themselves and think to myself, wow, I don't need to look like, you know, a 50 year old that, you know, was in my mom's generation that kind of looked like she was, <laughs> you know, she kind of given up on herself. There's yeah. a whole there's a whole new vision for every stage of life and that's so expanding so now with the internet it's very empowering to not just only find those people but see how they've done it because you can be role their role models yes. from afar yeah yeah that's it's such a big point I'm really glad you talked about that because we often talk about the internet and social media in such a negative way but it's, it's a tool, right? And, you know, just like with food, whether you can have, you know, good for your foods or, or not so good for your, your foods, the internet's the same. You get to choose what sites you go on. You get to choose whose posts you read. And if you choose the right people for you, that it can have an incredible positive impact. Because like you say, we're not always naturally surrounded by the people we want to be like. And we all know that the people we surround ourselves 
with are the people that we naturally change to be like. So, you know, that's where, yeah, the internet is incredibly powerful. And I think I'm only just starting to discover that in the last six months as I'm networking with, you know, people like yourself. And it's in, it's incredibly inspiring and it continues to motivate you to become better and to evolve and, and have that, yeah, and also give off that positive influence to anybody else that's looking I suppose, at me from my point of view on social media as well. So I really think carefully about everything I post up because I only want that positive influence happening. So I think that's just a really important point for everybody to remember because we all like to bag out social media so much, but it's a choice, you know. Choose. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, like everything. Curate, yeah, and you can curate such an inspiring vision of what's possible of life or for life if you're, if you're intentional about it. So yeah. I, I try very hard to do that. Yeah, 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 law of attraction. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so tell me, so you went into the, the fitness world first, didn't you? And then you evolved into um, eating foods that were better for your body. So describe to me, because um, in my experience, everybody has a slightly different diet I hate using that word but I I say it in the sense of what you actually consume um, that suits them best so what have you found suits you and have you found over your journey over the last 15 years or so has that changed as you've gotten older oh for sure so um, at the point where I started really making behavioral changes they were the really obvious things so again this was long before the internet was around so I stopped, I switched, I worked at a bar. So a lot of my meals were at the bar on break time and it, I would order bar food. So instead of having, you know, a burger and fries, I would have a burger without the bun and a salad. So things that I intuitively knew were going to be better for me. And that's really where it started. So it wasn't like, a, you know, as it is today where you're, you're selecting like a very specific protocol. It was just the captain obvious stuff. And I will say to anybody listening who struggles with their weight, start with the, the obvious, more vegetables, more water, more sleep. Um, but then as I evolved uh, and I became more involved in fitness, running was my first passion. And um, I, I was a vegetarian for many, many years. So I was chronically running like the chronic cardio thing. And I'm not bagging on running because I, I do love it. It will always be one of my passion workouts. Um, but I don't do that much of it anymore because I noticed that the more I ran, the hungrier I got and the hungrier I got, the more I ate. And it, I was originally, originally running for weight loss. So it was sort of defeating that purpose. And then at some point, um, I have to say this is in my late thirties. I actually realized that, oh, maybe I should be lifting weights. And if I want to actually change my body, I'm going to have to bring in resist, resistance training. So I went down a completely different journey and I had finished a half Ironman at my peak of my cardio career. And then I went into do a fitness competition. And again, that makes me sound, and fitness competition is when you get on stage in the little bikini and, and people judge you on your muscle mass. So it's, it's a different fitness, um, it's a different fitness goal completely from um, yeah. a training, but it, 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 the process to prepare yourself for that is a lot of mental work, um, a lot of mindset, and a lot of lifting weights and eating mm-hmm. very, very clean. So that was a completely different shift for me. And I started understanding the benefit of managing macronutrients, so fats, yeah. carbs, and, and protein. 
And what I ended up learning from that experience, which was just sort of like one of those bucket list things that I wanted to try and I did, um, was that I do a lot better on fats and proteins than I do carbohydrates. Yeah. And um, too much uh, cardio is not good for me either. So that took me down a different path where yeah. I started getting to more weightlifting, more yoga. I went to India um, to learn how to uh, teach yoga. And I, I, it cool. just took me down. <laughs> I had a very meandering path. Yeah. Um, and then that opened me up to a different world completely as well. So today, uh, I've learned a lot about my body. And I'm not like keto or ultra low carb, but I am pretty low carb. I stay away from most grains. I stay away from gluten unless I'm going out for dinner and there's like a really interesting bread basket. But those, um, <laughs> those are my, my, uh, my cheat moments. And I don't actually look at it cheating or, and I'm not maniacal with food. I've kind of come to a yeah. place where I know my body. Um, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, I, at almost 50, I have a really healthy body weight that I don't even have to try that hard at anymore. Whereas when I was 22, I, it was completely different and it, it was really difficult. It was really intentional for me to lose weight. So the message and takeaway there is that you're never too old or young or um, too big or too small to make a change in your body. And then yeah. once you figure out what's working for you, you don't have to be so maniacal about it anymore. I think a lot of people get discouraged because it takes a lot of energy to make a change in the beginning. But once yeah. you have that momentum, it actually doesn't take as much energy over time. Yeah, yeah. And the, and the big lesson being in there that it is a journey, right? And a, like you say, a meandering journey where you go on this path and then you go on that path and you're trying different things. And that's totally okay. Like you don't have to just do one thing. And if it doesn't completely work out for you, you know, go, oh, well, it's not going to work out for me. Actually reflect on it. What worked for me? What didn't work for me? Keep the things that work for you. Get rid of the things that didn't and see what else you can add in. You know, it's kind of like how you're talking about at the beginning, going into your 50s. What are you going to take with you? What are you going to leave behind? Well, with your health journey, it's the same. What are you going to keep? What are you going to leave behind? And just continually revise and review and and keep going on on that way i i wanted to ask you going back to your um the bikini competition that you did i, I think i read on your website were you 42 when you did it mm -hmm. yeah, i think yeah, this is so cool i love it <laughs> it's what what made you want to do that like what was the driving force behind it Oh my God, that's a good question. I actually, I'm not even entirely sure I remember. I think I had seen a few people uh, on Facebook, some women that I was following that I, I, I admired not just their physique, but I admired the lifestyle around it. So I think it was um, Nicole Wilkins, who's um, an international. Uh, she's, are you familiar with Nicole Wilkins? I've heard the name, but not hugely. So yeah. She's been like Miss Olympian or something like that okay. a couple of times. Okay. Anyway, they just had like this sort of humbleness to them. And yet um, they had a lot of structure in their lifestyle. And I mean, their physiques were amazing. So I thought, wow, I would love to try that. And yeah. that that's sort of, again, I was just inspired by seeing what's possible from somebody else. And yeah. I was curious and it took me down a path that, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I think maybe I'd like to do another one, especially now that I'm turning 50, just because it's so challenging and it's such a mental game. Yeah. Maybe I'd like to do it, but um, 
I don't know if I will do it again or not because yeah. of course, once you know how hard something is, it's really hard to uh, <laughs> sign up for it again. But I'm so glad that I did do it. Oops. Um, I'm so glad that I did it. And uh, I, I do not regret that experience at all. Yeah. So it's kind of like um, climbing a mountain or, you know, it's, it's the discipline involved in something like that or running a marathon, I would assume. Not that I've done a marathon, but <laughs> it's, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's not going to be pretty and it's not going to be pleasant, but it's that discipline. And, and at the end of it, coming out of the other day, going out of the, at the other end and saying, wow, look what I did. Yes. You know, yeah. to, to that point, um, I, you know, I often think to myself, what are the biggest moments in my life that I remember as being like, you know, like the, the peaks and the big milestones and they're always around achieving something big. Like I dropped out of high school, but then went back and got an equivalency and then did an undergraduate and a master's degree. I mean, I, I think that as a peak or the, doing the fitness competition, that was a peak the half Ironman was a peak because they were really hard. And again, I'm an unlikely athlete. I'm not somebody who is, you know, physically gifted or even is inclined to work out that much. I have to push myself through all of yeah. this, but I'm so, I, I come out the other end thinking, Oh my gosh, I could do anything that I put my mind to. And that's, you need to demonstrate that to yourself sometimes. And that, yeah. that follow through is so important. Yeah, I heard, I think I might have been on um, Rachel Hollis's podcast on, on Rise, and I think she said she was talking about focusing on your one thing, and instead of trying to overhaul your whole life, just just focus on one thing, so whether that's like for your example, it, it was fitness, right, or whether it's it's nutrition, or your marriage, or, or whatever you're going for career-wise, and succeed at that, and then like you say, everything else starts to blossom with it, because it gives you confidence and it, it's the lessons that you learn in doing that one thing and getting good at it you know that obviously has a knock-on effect to everything else in your life so it's yeah that discipline and going for something yeah and just not letting yourself down like self-integrity mm. is so important oh yes yeah yeah big time that's so huge and I think I think a lot of people, I was going to say lack that, not in the sense of, of a character flaw, but in that they don't give themselves the chance to actually go for it for fear of failure. And sometimes going for these things and failing is the lesson in itself. And I have to say, I've had my biggest aha moments, my, my best evolution personally in my failures and they're not pleasant and I bore my eyes out through them, but at the other end, always glad that I've gone through them. So it's, it's about actually going for it and putting everything into it, not whether or not you become the champion or, or win at it or whatever it is. <laughs> For sure, because in all of my pursuits, I have so never become a champion. I have won nothing. <laughs> but that's not the point, right? No, like it's, it's a not. personal journey. Um, and, and we're so apt to, you know, we don't like letting other people down, but we're willing to let ourselves down or we're willing to not follow through on our word to ourselves very often. So, uh, and, the, the, and I could have quit all of those milestones like so easily, but, um, you know, I had invested a lot of money and time in them. And I think that that's a big piece of it, like put skin in the game when you're trying yeah. to achieve goals. Yeah. But, um, you know, those were just some of the few things I did not let myself down on no matter how hard they got. And I did it. And I just, I look back at, back at that. And those are my most prideful moments. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I just love it. I absolutely love it. So I, I want to ask you about your podcast, Burnout to Best Self, um, which, so this has come about, I actually didn't have a look at the timeline. Is it about six months ago you, you started this or you so. changed the name of your podcast, didn't you? Yeah. Yes, yes. So it's more me, fitness oriented. Yeah, okay. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so tell me a bit about that. What what made you change? Uh, what what happened to obviously going into a name like Burnout to Best Self? What what happened there? Oh my gosh! Well, so <laughs> for, from a like just like pure branding standpoint, I I started to realize that you know my audience, which is women over the age of forty that are professional type A go, 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 go. Very often they have kids, they're raising families, they're in sandwich. I think they call them the sandwich generation because you've got your <laughs> aging parents and then your young kids. Yeah. So that's really like the person that I think I'm serving. And I know she needs a healthy food ideas and fitness ideas that are really easy and doable to squeeze into her really busy life. But you know what I realized that she, what she's missing because I realized I was missing it was you know that that whole I, hate, I hesitate to call it mental and spiritual health because those are loaded terms. I mean, mental health makes you, it implies that, you know, you've got schizophrenia or something like that. Yeah. And maybe it doesn't, but that's what comes to my mind. Yeah. Spiritual health, you know, has, is loaded with, you know, religious undertones, which if you're not religious, you can't identify with it. But there is sort of this, this internal self that really needs to be taken care of. And that's, that's, what wellness looks like, right? It's the, it's the, it's the movement, it's the nutrition, but it's also caring for yourself and, and not letting yourself down and getting enough sleep and, and doing things to release, release past traumas and release limiting beliefs that you can move forward. And that is actually what had happened in my own life um, from a career perspective and just a life perspective. I kind of got to this place where I was living in Silicon Valley, my husband and I, and you know, like the majority of the day spent working and I would spend all day at my day job and then come home and do like the fit habit work that, you know, is my passion. Um, and I was just so burnt out. And I got to a point one day where I was just like, I don't even know how I feel about anything anymore. And I knew that I needed to change things and switch up my priorities. Cause it's not like I was, I was in a bad situation, but uh, externally, I wasn't in a bad situation, but I was internally. So that yeah. really sort of made me look inward. And I started doing a lot of uh, research around like past traumas that I had had growing up. Um, I alluded to, you know, my, my dad having a lot of problems, which created a lot of trauma in our childhood. Um, and I started learning about how if you don't manage those traumas, then they can manifest in um, like physical disease, like cancer or heart disease. And my father died at 44 and my mom died at like 64. So, you know, longevity is not a thing in my family. So (laughs) I really took these things to heart and um, I did some research, um, which kind of led me down a path of, you know, how, how can you release trauma? I'm certainly an advocate of therapy and I've had therapy in my life, but I didn't feel like that really dug into and helped me release things. So yep. through my research, I came into like a whole bunch of modalities that really helped from a wellness perspective on that um, on that that inner that inner plane. So I found out about um, EFT, emotional freedom technique, yep. and that really helped me release some past traumas. Um, 
I, Can I sort you of explain that for people who don't oh, understand sure. what that is? Yeah. Sure. Of course. Why would anybody? <laughs> <that's so laughs> not right um, so it is very woo woo. Uh, but basically what it is, it's tapping on meridian points. So your body has, it's kind of like acupuncture without the needles. Yep. So you literally, if you pause your fingers, you're tapping on certain points in your, on, on your face and on your neck. I have like um, material on my website, but, uh, and I'm not an expert on it by any means, but it, it, you go through that tapping process as you, you know, sort of affirm things that are happening in your life or feelings, you know, like limiting beliefs that you have about yourself. Yeah. And it really does have a, like a profound impact. And I even got a, like a coach, a creative coach that worked on, with that application and she helped me through some limiting beliefs on my career. And just yeah. over that evolution, again, everything's a meandering exploration for me. I just made so many shifts in my, my perspective and in my mindset that I thought I need to share this stuff and it needs to be yeah. more than just working out and eating well. It's got to be yeah. taking care of the whole self and that, that, that self-integrity and following through on things for yourself because that's so important. And that was the, that was the start of it. And, um, it's just been an amazing journey. And, you know, I have people reaching out to me saying, Oh my God, like, I, you know, you're, you're speaking directly to me because and I feel like I connect with certain people because I'm speaking so much from my own heart, my own experience. Yeah. And I think women especially were such people pleasers and we will please everybody before mm -hmm. we you know, prioritize our own needs. So that's really, I think, the next evolution of my wellness communication, my wellness teaching, and what I want to teach other people. It doesn't have to be perfect. And you know, your goals don't have to be to be as skinny as possible. You can just, you know, be who you are and accept who you are. And um, I hate saying things like "live your best life" because it sounds very Oprah. But really, you <laughs> it's live your true best though, life. right? It is. <laughs> live you your live best, best life. life. Yeah. yeah, you've got to accept who you are, and, and you've got to like, you've got to embrace who you are and embrace what is important to you, and really focus on it. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of the the, the impetus behind it. Yeah, with the key word on live your best life being your best mm -hmm. life, because it, it looks different for everybody, just like your healthiest body is going to look different to the next person. And for some people, that actually means a little bit more layer of fat. And for other people, it means a lot less and everything else in between it's it's about health and happiness not about um you know the scales or, or anything like that and i think what you're saying about you know um the the mindset and and unlocking and releasing those traumas it's it's the missing key when we talk about health because when we talk about health like you say we think about the the physical well-being and we think about health habits but we don't think about mental health because like you say unless you are really mentally unwell um, in medical terms we we tend not to go there I talk about emotional well-being a lot because mm. I feel like it's a term that is more acceptable to people and they can resonate with it more um, just because of the stigma around the, mm -hmm. the term mental. Um, now, for anybody wanting to know more about um, EFT, before I forget, I will put a link in the show notes to uh, Karen's information so that you can read that there. I... <sighs> 
when you when you kind of switched over and you realized your mind wasn't in a great place or that you needed to to look at that a little bit more what were like some of the I want to say this is my nurse coming up what were the signs and symptoms (laughs) 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 what what did you notice uh, within yourself you know so like I'll give you an example like for myself I just noticed I had no tolerance for my children anymore so I used to be very tolerant and go with the flow and laugh at things and I realized I wasn't laughing at anything so I wasn't crying every day I started crying once I started releasing things but I it was like I'd lost all emotion I you know it yeah and I don't know when it disappeared but I woke up one day and realized that's that's what I'd become so what was it what was it for you oh my god that is so that is, it resonates with me so much. I was sitting on the couch one night and we were watching Netflix. My husband and I were, and my little dogs were in between us. And that is like my happy place at night, end of the day, on the couch, drinking a glass of wine, watching Netflix with my, my loves, my family. And yeah. I, well, this would have been like typically a joyful moment for me. And I remember looking at the floor and thinking, I don't feel anything right now. I don't feel joy. I don't feel sadness. I'm numb. And that was yeah. the moment where I knew that I've become a shell of myself. And that was a terrifying moment for me. Yeah. Um, I don't want to feel that way, right? Like I'd rather, I would rather feel emotions good and bad than just be numb all the yeah. time. And I was, and just like you, I was not laughing at stuff anymore. I wasn't enjoying things that I used to enjoy. I, I, you know, I, I would still go with my friends and stuff, but I, I used to love going out with my friends. I would used to look forward to it. I used to look forward to date nights. And now it was like just something else that I had to do and part of the process of life. And it had kind of lost a little bit of its uh, enjoyment. And that's when I realized like, what the heck is going on? I knew it wasn't depression, so to speak. um, Because I wasn't situationally or chronically depressed about anything in particular. It was just numbness. And the funny thing that made me realize what it was, it was a Goop podcast. Do you listen to Goop? No, I don't. Oh my God. You have to listen to Goop. <laughs> this is a personal, like, what do you call it? A public, a PSA announcement. You must go listen to Goop. Okay. Uh, I'm writing is, that down. It's happening. <laughs> G-O-O-P. Okay. And so it's Gwyneth Paltrow's uh, company, and but she doesn't ah, actually do, um, yeah. do the podcast. But they have the most fascinating people on. And they had this one woman on, and I've never been able to find the podcast since then. But she talked about the symptoms of burnout and I'd never really heard them before. And when yeah. she said them, I was on a walk with my headphones on and she started going through what, you know, it felt to be burned out. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> and yeah, the going, this is me, this is me. I'm not depressed. I'm burned out. And um, I just felt so validated that it wasn't depression. It wasn't anxiety. It was burnout. And at least at that point, isn't like when you have a chronic illness and you finally get the diagnosis, you're so relieved because now yeah. like you've, this is a turning point to now I know what to do. So yeah. I was just standing in the middle of the street going, oh my God, I know what it is. Now at least I can make a plan to get there. And I think that's also the evolution of the podcast is really sort of that, that place from burnout to where's my best self again. And I'm certainly not, I would say, at, I don't know, maybe I am at my best self. Who, who even really knows what their best yeah. self is? Yeah. You keep growing and evolving. You just, um, it's, but, it's a moving target, I think. Sure. Like, and I don't ever actually want to get there. I want it to keep going, moving sideways yeah. up, hopefully not down. 
exactly. And just always be reaching for it. You know, that's that's growth. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was very, that was like, I would say my, my, my shining star moment of, oh my God, I know what it is. And and that was like such a big deal for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's that resonates so much with me as well, because I, I think I was confused um, with, with once I realized how that something was wrong. And um, for me, my, um, you know, past traumas and things like that, that had obviously built up inside of me, they were very much locked into my body in pain. And Mm -hmm. I, my body was racked with pain, but I've had pain since I was a kid. So your tolerance just goes up as, as the years go by, but it actually got to a point where obviously these emotions wanted to come out so much that I would start exercising. And the moment I would get out of breath, I'd start crying, but I wasn't feeling any emotion. There, all these tears would just come out. And it, it was so unusual to the point where I stopped going to my gym for a while for fear because like I was like going into the toilet with tears in my eyes. I'm like, this oh is really gosh. embarrassing. It was the most unusual experience. And, you know, I can giggle at it now looking back, but it, yeah, that's when I started my journey of, of starting to release things and actually looking at problems instead of, using my ability to think positively to ignore them. So I think for many years, and I've got a background as a hypnotherapist, many years I was patching my problems, um, like band-aiding them with, with my ability to switch my mind into a positive way of thinking. So on the outside, I looked bright and happy and even my conscious thoughts were pretty decent. But the, the sign was the whole numb feeling that okay so even though my thoughts are along the right track and that's where I was kind of going well I don't feel depressed because yeah my my thoughts are in the right place I don't have dark thoughts but something's really wrong and I remember the same thing um coming across something that was talking about burnout and going oh it's the biggest light bulb moment and such a relief I remember the relief in my heart and and kind of going okay this this is something I can work on and and then I had to learn to not do which was the hardest mm-hmm. lesson I've ever learned in the world oh my god I know I'm an action person and I remember talking to my coach going awesome so what do I do about this because you know I can <laughs> exercise I I can sleep more I can eat good food like what do I need to do and she's like I need you to not do and actually be okay with space in your day and I think that that Oh, sent me into so much struggle. <laughs> I, I'm so glad that I'm so glad to hear you say that because I thought that was just me. <laughs> no, I think it's almost every woman out there. Mm-hmm. It's we feel guilty for it, don't we? We mm-hmm. feel like if we're not being productive, um, that I think it's a self worth thing. It definitely is a self worth thing for me. If if I don't produce something in a day that is of worth to the world I I feel like I've wasted time on this earth which is quite a ridiculous notion (laughs) it is (laughs) it is but oh my gosh like I am the exact same way and I've said this on my own podcast I think all of this comes down to worthiness and how we're always trying to be good enough to deserve to to you know, prove ourselves. I don't know to who, because there's no like big you know <laughs> yeah, no, life right. judgment thing that you need to like pass a course to be a human yeah. being. 
but yet we have that. And it's, and I think that all of these things, and also similarly to what you had said, uh, I do remember a moment, and this was like years ago, um, far before like the enlightenment of burnout, but I had also do it. I was doing some yoga at home on, on my living room floor and I was in Savasana and just started bawling like out of the middle of nowhere. So I think that's probably another indication that there's layers that you need to feel back about feel back if you are crying for no reason, uh, especially when you're, you're you move your body because I do think you're releasing stuff and that's yeah. there's goodness there, right? Probably yeah. better in the living room than it is in the gym, but yeah. <laughs> that it's so important. Yeah, yeah, and and I actually I was smart enough at the time, and I do pat myself on the back for it to allow that. So instead of um, saying to myself, you know, you need to be doing your hour of exercise every morning, what I did is is I brought it to my living room, and I allowed that hour to be whatever it needed to be. So typically, what it looked like for about six weeks, and you know, it peaked at one stage and then started to taper off, was me starting to exercise and. And, you know, I'd get on the cross trainer or something like that. And then, and then the tears would come and I would just lie on the ground and allow it. Now, if anybody had walked in, they think I was quite crazy, but it worked. And, and then I had the urge to start journaling and I think journaling became uh, the biggest healing force in my life along with, with meditation. And, and that eventually became a morning routine because I wanted my exercise back once the tears stopped. So yeah, it, it became a getting up in the morning. So, because I realized how critical that work was for my my brain and my well-being and then yeah flipping it and having exercise at, at my usual nine o'clock time slot that I've always had it so mm-hmm. yeah it's it's such a lesson isn't it like such a journey in in working out what what works for you what doesn't and um and it's a it's a tough one because I think people want it's kind of like what do you eat like people want a diet they want a sheet that tells them everything that they should and shouldn't eat and it just doesn't work for the long term. It's it's about changing behaviours and reflecting, and it's the same for your emotional well-being as well. So I wanted to ask you, what are your five top tips for reversing burnout or coming mm. coming out at the other end? Just so, um, <laughs> yeah, but you know, funny, I, I have written about this a lot, so I, I do have some really. Like, take some and I'll send you a link to something on my website that kind of goes through all of this oh, cool. but I think the first thing is um like when you realize that if you're if you're listening to us and you're like oh my gosh this is exactly what I'm going through the first thing that I would recommend doing is um uh looking at what has brought you here in terms of past trauma and for everybody that's going to be different maybe that's meditation maybe you know explore EFT or therapy Um, but look at some way that you can release that past trauma or yoga was really like a powerful Mm. thing for me too anything that will just sort of get because emotion is literally like motion right so it's a lot of traumas physically stored in the body so when you start opening like your heart center, and this is again getting a little woo-woo, this is the yoga teacher in me, but when you start like moving your body, especially when you start moving your hips and um, like you're opening your chest, so heart openers, that's what they're Mm -hmm. called, you really do start to um, create 
the, the movement of motion in your body. And that can be very releasing. So yeah. any of those modalities can really be helpful in terms of healing what's brought you here. Because half of it is, I think, um, traumas and limiting beliefs. And half of it is um, the worthiness piece, which is, is, you know, part and parcel because of those traumas and more uh, traumas and limiting beliefs. But if, if you constantly live in that place of, I need to prove my existence, you will always be on that rat, that rat train. So limiting beliefs um, and past traumas, I would say that's like my first two tip two tips. So yoga, EFT, meditation, hypnosis. I've been playing around with that recently. Yeah. Awesome stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's um, incredible. Oh my God. Yeah. So uh, the next thing I would say is obviously like the, the basics, right? So self-care, like physical self-care, getting enough sleep. If you have a lack of sleep in your life, like it affects your hormones, which impacts your eating, which impacts your moods and your outlook on life. Like sleep is barn on the most important thing people uh, need. I know, right. Have you oh. read um, Why We Sleep? And I can't remember who wrote it. Um, I haven't, but I've heard of it. I, have to, I, have to I tell you what, you will never miss an hour worth of sleep lightly ever again. It blew my mind. Um, and you can't argue with it because the research is solid in it. Yeah. But it, it really brought it home to me that it's not worth pushing through for a few extra hours in the evening to get something done because you lose, you know, double, triple that productivity in the days to come because of that one night and you can never catch up on sleep it's it no. that changed everything for me it just became the biggest priority in my life and that changed how how my brain was able to function yeah yeah absolutely brain function is another thing with sleep and yeah i mean you're preaching to the choir there i am so big on sleep yeah. i sleep like a boss like it's my full-time <laughs> job i get at least an hour a night um and i'm part of a little um online health um health and fitness group uh and it's just a bunch of women that, you know, we've become friendly and, and we, you know, check in every day on, on our health progress and sleep is like the biggest thing we brag about. So big on sleep and I think <laughs> Love that's it. a critical piece of it. Um, journaling. So I do something called uh, future self journaling. And yeah. that's something that um, I also have a few like just prompts on my website. Um, future self journaling is a way of, of really sort of putting structure around the person you want to become um, and how you want to behave in certain situations and the way you want to, you know, become your best self. So yeah. um, that journaling has been very powerful for me. Um, and, I, you know, I, I think your point of doing less is difficult, but so important, right? Like that's, yeah we're not here to constantly be doing, doing, doing. And when I say that, that's the piece, all the other pieces I've kind of nailed, <laughs> but yeah. the doing less, yeah. I haven't, I haven't nailed that one yet. And, and obviously it's because, I mean, there's so much we can do in life, right? And there's so many things that I want to do. And then there's yeah. other things that I do because I feel like I have to do them. And that comes back to the worthiness piece. But I feel yeah. like that's one of, and to tie a bow around all this whole conversation, that is one of the things I don't want to bring into my 50th decade. You know, yeah. I want to go into my 50th decade feeling like I, I need to do nothing to prove to anyone because I am me and that's all I need to be. Yes. Yes. You need to write that down somewhere. That's, that's an amazing. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? I need to do nothing to prove anything to anyone. 
because I am all I ever need to be. Because I am all I ever need to be. That is such a good mantra. Like if that's, that's, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Quite of the day. (laughs) Yeah. Does anybody tweet anymore? (laughs) Yeah, that's it. That's it. I have to say, um, future self journaling. I, I saw this on what you. I think he mentioned it on an Instagram post when I was I was trolling back, and I was like, oh my gosh, because the day before in our we've got a purpose balance and burnout um, Facebook group where it's just a community and we have a task every every week and we call it our daily practice so it's something little that you can focus on every day and I I had literally the day before just talked about and I always talk about your future self projection so I put it into a little meditation where you see yourself in front of you who you want to be and we were talking about um I think this is, so I've always done that projection, but in the last year, what I changed up in how I do that future self is actually what, how would my future self behave, act? What would she say or do in this situation? Because I've got my limiting beliefs, but that future self, like she is so wise, she knows everything, she's got the benefit of hindsight, she's kind, caring, all of the things that I, I want to be. And so when I think, what would she do in this situation if I've got a conflict or, or a problem going on, it's quite often different from what I would do from my current perspective. And it changes my actions. And it's made me, more than anything, it's actually made me more bold in my mm-hmm. in my actions and interactions with people because I'm I'm quite an introvert at heart and I find it really hard to to reach out out to people so yeah it's it's really interesting when you do it from that point of view and I I love that that you do the same thing because I always think of um when you I don't know when you where you found the concept but I feel like I've always had it in my brain since I was a kid and it's I, I believe creativity is this thing that's connected over the whole world and you get people on different sides of the world coming up with the same ideas and and they're similar in nature and I just I think it's I love it it's just connects the dots I'm not quite sure it totally does it's it's totally a thing now um, it is a thing thing. um but you know in my in my day job I do change management which is really sort of like the the um, people side of business change and we talk about future state and current state versus future state and the gap in between and how do we get people from point a to point b what are the behaviors thoughts and actions what do they need to think do and feel in order to become you know what we need them to be which may be like an ex like a, a better salesperson or a more efficient um you know worker in their their role yeah and the same is true of anything right like it's all behavior it's all behavior change um and really, if you want to become something different, you just need to think about what do you need to think, do, and feel, starting with how do you want to think, because your thoughts drive everything, and your thoughts drive mm-hmm. your feelings, and your feelings drive your actions. So it really is literally think, feel, do. That's yeah. the, the order. So it, it, that's, that's just how we transform. Yeah. Yeah, it totally is. 
Well, I am going to wrap it up in a second because I just realised what the time is and I think I could talk to you all day long, but I'm sure you actually want to go to bed some stage tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just starting my day, so I'm like full of energy. Uh, Deb, before we go, can you please tell me a little bit more about what you offer to women? Because I know you're a coach and you do individual and group coaching, I think, and whether where people can find you, connect with you, because I think you would be amazing benefit to anybody in our community. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, I think the best place to reach me and explore all of the things that I do is um, my website, which is thefithabit.com. And because my the spelling of my name, which you could also Google me, it's Karen with a C, Karen McGill. Um, so that's the best place to find me uh, on my website. On Instagram, I am underscore the fit habit because somebody took the fit habit. Um, <laughs> the two best places to start. I do, uh, I do individual coaching once in a while, more group coaching. It's just, okay. um, I'm more useful model. Um, but I, I'm also working on a book proposal because I really feel like this, there's so much here that needs to be talked about. So my mm. next, my next big thing is, is, um, writing a book of, of the whole journey that I've gone through. So I'm excited about that. That is very exciting. I can't wait to read that one. That'll be good. Well, I will link to everything so everybody can find you. And I cannot thank you enough for talking and giving so much value and unpacking so many of those things for us today. And thank you I so much for having me. Like, I really appreciate it. And this has been so much fun. And damn, like, I mean, it's so interesting to know that you have somebody <laughs> with the exact same brain on the other side of the universe. <laughs> I know, it's crazy, right? It probably means that there's lots of women going through exactly the same thing and it's why this message is so important.